This episode is sponsored by Gummy Cube and they have a number of popular services for app entrepreneurs. For example, they have the ability to help you with app reviews and ratings, get exposure to real users, real reviews, real ratings, and build buzz around your app. So to learn more, go to gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com, and go and learn about their app ratings and reviews service. This episode is sponsored by Apptentive. Apptentive will improve your mobile app ratings and help you grow your user base. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, app app apptentive.com, apptentive.com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting this show. Hello, this is Justin Yule, co-developer and creator of Four Year Trip, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is the podcast where we uh, we actually go around the world and uh, interview lots of different app entrepreneurs because what it does is it helps you as uh, an app entrepreneur yourself. Now, you can be working full-time and just doing side projects for apps. Maybe this is your full-time gig. Hey, maybe you're even listening to this from, uh, I've had listeners who are now listening from Thailand, working as digital nomads or anywhere around the world. So uh, stay tuned. We've got a great episode uh, this is one of my favorite cities on the planet. Uh, I actually applied to get into this place uh, for uni, got rejected and uh, led me down this path. Uh, so uh, let me introduce uh, John Grant. John is the uh, chief product officer at Knocker, uh, the Knocker app. You can get uh, the app by going to knockerapp.com. And uh, John's going to talk to us about uh, what it's like as a, an app entrepreneur, what it was like as an agency working there, an app agency, and uh, then just generally um, uh, about uh, the, the app. So, John, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, uh, first of all, before we start talking about Knocker, uh, there's a lot of people listening to this that uh, want to know how it, it is as an app entrepreneur, what's life like for you as an app entrepreneur? It's an amazing sort of journey to go on, full of sort of super epic highs and some quite very self-reflective lows. Um, you end up uh, sort of experiencing what it's what it's like to have such a success and get user feedback and see your app performing well. But then when things sort of start to not go so well let's say your your app isn't getting the amount of downloads on a particular day or week that you would like it to have you have to then sort of dig yourself out of that and just find um a different way of approaching your day your week your month and just find it just find a way to keep pushing on with it and um so there's lots of really really brilliant stuff that can happen to you but then the the stuff that you find really tough can knock you a little bit yeah, because I can imagine that when I was working full time, uh, you have the motivation of, oh, no, I've got a review with my boss or it's uh, an appraisal, you know, like uh, it's the end of year bonus. I need to impress my boss. Uh, and uh, maybe there's a lot of motivation from others around you to kind of keep you going. But when you're working uh, either on your own or in a small team, how do you just keep motivating yourself? It's, it's really a case of... Um very practical problem solving um you use the experience that you've that you've had either from when you've run a business yourself um 
in a different kind of context uh, and or or even then when you've you know you might have that kind of really tricky meeting that you've got to go to with your with your boss and you've got to practically problem solve on the spot you, you have to take a very sort of holistic view to begin with to try and isolate what the bigger picture problem is um you can use whatever sort of techniques that that are familiar to you when doing that so you could you could mind map um you do a how might we exercise whatever works for you or you can just like i do have a have a jolly good think um you zero in on what the problem is um quickly and efficiently <clears throat> and then you, you you just set about trying to solve that particular problem that you're facing so whether that's fundraising or it could be a bug in your app um or, or if you're not getting the kind of level of exposure or or user engagement that you would like you just have to think about different ways that you can try and engage those users and if you've got money you can spend some money at it if you haven't got money a situation that i think all early stage app entrepreneurs find themselves in you have to think around a practical problem solving method which is how can you get people to engage with your app um for free so that there's it's i think it's just a constant stage of when things aren't going absolutely right for you just regroup and think it over and try and find a positive way that you can solve the problem yeah you mentioned about funding and and, and this is a, a genuine podcast where we really do try and help people out and you you're right in that i'm, I'm sure that a majority of people listening uh who have <laughs> gone down this route are struggling for finance any tips on how to manage your budget given that there's no salary coming in and you have to rely on the business or perhaps the app sales or whatever you're using to monetize any anything you've learned from your experience um we're in a in a position that um i guess you could almost say that we designed the product first and then the business second and um that's not actually a route i would recommend people go down <laughs> um, <laughs> right, because, okay. this is good we like to learn from mistakes here um, yeah, just just simply because um, myself and my co-founder, we're designers and technologists. We like to make really nice things and we like to build really great things. And um, that's all cool. But when you're trying to um, get a business off the ground and then make yourself investment ready and attractive to um, people who've got money that want to invest in you, um, you really need to make sure that you've got that business plan up together um, and that you've got a very, very defined way of plotting a route to revenue. I would also probably say that the um, the UK is a little bit more difficult to raise money in than uh, what I understand the US to be, just from the sense that um, there's a slightly more risk-averse culture in the UK um, with investment, meaning that certainly with a business like Knocker, um, where our primary goal at the moment before we can truly monetize is to go for solid user growth, um, <clears throat> there is an expectation that we should be turning revenue at uh, a very early stage, which for us, given the, the vertical that we operate in, is kind of difficult to compete. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about the app 
John Knocker. Just before you did mention about uh, fundraising, I uh, wondered, have you been through fundraising and, and uh, any guidance on how to actually get hold of these investors and, and get their time for your business plan and for your pitch? Um, yeah, we're, we're currently trying to raise our seed round at the moment. I won't plug that too heavily, but if there's anyone out there that wants to help us with that, that would be awesome. Um, but prior to doing that, we... Um, because there's a, something of a culture of a lack of investment or funding opportunities for early stage startups. Um, this is something we do see right across the UK. We applied to the Ignite Accelerator in Newcastle and uh, we were successful. So we moved over there for three months from Manchester. Um, what that gave us access to was um, some immediate funding, which we needed, otherwise the product would, and the business would have died. Um, so we were, we were given um, £18,000 um, as, as a total that landed in our bank account. And we were also given really like top class uh, mentoring and coaching and an introduction then to um, tech angels that operate uh, not only in the northeast where we were, but also some London and northwest based tech angels. So that's those introductions have been able to give us a, a solid footing um, at the point now where we've come through the program. Um, we feel that we're certainly more investment ready than we were when we began. And now we're able to pick up on those connections and try and raise the money. So I think, I think just purely from my own ex experience, something that um, listeners, if they're in that early stage um, and they're wondering where that next tranche of money might come from, especially if they've left their jobs, do give an accelerator a consideration. Um, but I will warn you that there's... There's, there's vast varying degrees of quality of accelerators out there. But if you pick the right one, and you'll only know that when you've, when you've looked at the opportunity that's in front of you, um, if you pick the right one, it can give you that real sort of immediate hit of funding that you need and those introductions that are absolutely critical to moving into a seed stage. And the seed stage is where we're at at the moment. That is great advice. And I have to say, if the, we do have angel investors listening to this show. So okay. let's, let's give them uh, the pitch about the Knocker app and what, what it actually does, uh, but potentially what, what it could uh, you know, do in the future when you get the, uh, the usage of it. So tell us about Knocker. Knocker is a completely refreshing type of property search app for iPhone. Uh, we're, we're redefining the way that people search for somewhere new to live on a mobile device. We feel that ultimately the users have been left behind by the current crop of property apps, which don't provide an adequate user experience for people looking for somewhere new to live. Um, our solution is that we've created a completely free app for people to use, which we like to think is the absolute fastest way that anybody can find a new house. Um, we're building in a number of different revenue opportunities for us, which involve not only engaging with the property industry itself, but um, we're also looking at bringing in a uh, very user-friendly advertising platform, uh, but that's <clears throat> a little bit under wraps at the moment. Going forward, we would like to become 
a global property service. We get lots of interest from abroad. We would like to exploit that because we think there's an absolute opening in the global spectrum for um, a internationally renowned property platform. And we'd like to be that um, that that platform, essentially. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, because... I guess the whole industry, property, is ripe for disruption. And, uh, yeah, okay, we get some searches and we get some uh, some apps out there, but the actual process of buying a house is just still prehistoric, especially in the UK, where my neighbours took six months, both of them, either side, to uh, to, to actually uh, get rid of their houses. And it just seems ludicrous, given that it's the biggest financial decision that most people make. Exactly. Um, a lot of the grounding inspiration for Knocker came from my own experiences of buying a house two years ago as a as a first time buyer. I felt pretty exploited um, by a, a really really inadequate service that I was getting from from the estate agent. Um, ultimately, when you're a buyer, you don't choose your estate agent. Um, you have to engage with the one that the vendor has activated. Um, if I could have up paid to upgrade my estate agent i probably would have but that option doesn't exist either (laughs) that's a good idea (laughs) so um would you like to upgrade to our premium plan where we will answer the phones and uh, we will actually reply (laughs) to your emails (laughs) yeah yeah oh and actually we will turn up to appointments when we make them with you and we won't lie to you about the way (laughs) they could make a fortune (laughs) yeah i know right um and but really that's that's a very very much a driving inspiration around what we're trying to do with knocker um we're we're designers we're technologists um, we do see a complete overarching problem with the way that people purchase a property, especially when the people buying are the ones taking all the financial risk. So um, search and discovery for us was a very, very uh, low-hanging piece of fruit that we could go for. But I think as we would like to evolve Knocker as a business out over years to come, not only is there that global ambition, but we would really like to be able to um, tackle some of the other problems that might exist within um, the property buying cycle and, um, you know, apply technology strategies to that. But please don't ask me what those ideas are right now. I've got a couple, but I'm very, very just focused on uh, making the search and discovery experience <laughs> as good as it can be for people. Yeah, what, what I'm learning from you, John, is that, uh, and what others can take away from this, is that sometimes, you know, this is what I love about this whole world of apps, is you can take your own frustrations in life through the businesses you deal with that are really out, outdated, and, and you can be inspired to like want to change the, uh, the world or want to change you know a small aspect of some kind of service that you're getting and everyone could do this every day of their lives uh, there's so much stuff that could be changed uh, and many of that can be through the use of mobile technology so uh, that's really inspirational so let me tell you about just a fantastic sponsor of mine called gummy cube and something quite unique about gummy cube it really is uh something that I think you'll be interested in learning about. It's DataCube, their DataCube platform. And they use this for app store optimization and to manage mobile app marketing campaigns. Now, GummyCube has built DataCube uh, from the ground up rather than adapting existing mobile and web searches to gather the data. The engine powering the DataCube platform pulls data from the app stores. It monitors uh, iTunes and Google Play 
uh, right at the moment, and, and also advertising networks and information from mobile users gathered through the stores. Uh, now this approach separates it from all those other competitors. GummyCube points out that uh, any data taken from traditional searches is less effective when used solely for analyzing mobile marketing campaigns. It makes sense, right? You need the data from the app stores to do app store optimization. So I highly recommend going to check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. That's www.gummycube.com. And thank you, GummyCube, for continuing to be such a great supporter. This episode is brought to you by Apptentive. Apptentive have a great intelligent ratings prompt. So what does that mean? It means that you can drive five-star reviews, which obviously then means your app is going to climb the charts. Uh, so what you can do is you can prompt the user, ask the question, hey, do you like the app? Yes or no? It's pretty obvious that if they hit yes, you want to take them to the review page so they can leave a really cool review. If they hit no, you do not want to take them to the review page. You want to take them to the inbuilt messaging center where you can actually communicate with them two-way and find out why they don't like the app. So keep those criticisms off of the review page and help your app climb the charts by only driving five-star reviews to the review page. Uh, go and check them out. It's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. They will give you a free consultation. And thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting this show. Uh, I would uh, there's two more things we have to do before we say goodbye, John. There's one, uh, we do like to talk about some of the frustrations you're, you're uh, currently experiencing in your a business and possibly ex explore ways that we may be able to build an app to solve those. And I'm wondering you as a, as a business owner, as an app entrepreneur, if you could think back to the last few months, um, what, what's been the biggest frustrations, uh, bottlenecks in, in actually getting your app to market or, or, or uh, you know, perhaps you can think about any frustrations. Oh gosh. Um, I, I think, um, Oh, um, I talked earlier about obviously you have lots of epic highs, um, and when and when the highs are there, they're they're they're, uh, they're amazing. Did, did you feel like sometimes when you get highs that there's not the people around you like you would do in a company maybe that that kind of have like a big celebration? <laughs> well, I think something we were told at uh, at Ignite is to is to celebrate often and. Um, you, you know, I think uh, going to the pub with my co-founder when we've, let's say, had an app store feature or um, we've had a really great piece of press, you know, we do like to go and have a couple of glasses of beer and um, and, and toast the success. And it's great to have families around us to, to share in that as well. But where it comes back to your question, I guess, around the the frustrations that, that, that you might have... Um, Certainly, for for us, fundraising has been um, has been and still is an ongoing kind of frustration. Not so much through the people that we have to engage with, because generally speaking, we find angels and uh, surprisingly VCs are, are all super nice people. But the um, the the frustration is kind of the waiting. Um, Getting your timing right, getting your approaches right, um, that can that can be really difficult to to deal with. 
Yeah, because how do you um, balance all that? Uh, we've heard uh, that, you know, once you go through the fundraising cycle and you said that you're raising a seed round, that it really does distract from uh, the, the core of the business. And uh, how do you sort of balance your time between fundraising and, and actually building the app and building out the customer base? Um, I think we've been quite lucky with our journey because it's been um, really rather quick that um, there's been sort of breaks in the product cycle, um, natural breaks in the product cycle, which have aligned with our fundraising, which has meant uh, we've got a bit of a break in what we're doing product-wise, i.e. it's good enough for where we want it to be at that moment with what's out there. So that means we can then pour all of our attention into fundraising um, and then move back into product cycles. Do you, do you understand what I mean there? So, so it's very kind of phasic. Yeah. yeah you've just given me an idea, John. So uh, we, we're trying to... Uh understand the frustrations and one of the big ones which i'm sure that everybody has is the lack of transparency lack of communication after you've been to pitches uh, not even getting a no but just not uh, and, and maybe there's something out there some kind of solution that would make it a little bit more transparent like for example i would like to know if i'm meeting an angel investor or a vc company uh, how many times have they said no to particular uh apps and what what you know breakdown of the industries have they mostly invested in and some kind of analytics uh, but behind their investments that would be pretty cool yeah i think i think i think there's definitely the opportunity for um for a, an overarching platform that could emerge there but um i there's there's also the the very basics that you can do yourself um I, when we're approaching either VCs or angels, there's an awful lot of LinkedIn work that you can do to to read about how these people invest um, and whether they're likely to be a right fit for you, either with their interest base, um, their capital spend, or um, their sort of prior prior investments. Um, so LinkedIn is great. Angel list we do generally find is a is a great tool. Um, especially when you're trying to sort of find out who are the right kind of people to invest in your business. Oh, yeah, because Angel, angel List, you'll be able to look at their past investments, possibly if they've listed them, and uh, then you can get a good sense of what they're they're into. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it also, angels and, and VCs on there can also disclose how much they like to invest. So what, and very much when you look at um, the bands, you know, someone might be, uh, Ten to a hundred thousand um, dollars. If someone's in that bracket, you know that they're kind of used to angel investments. If you then see that they're in the UK, you can then assume that they understand about the rel- relative tax breaks that they can get from investing in your business. Um, you you can, and then when you look at their actual investments, Google around those businesses, and see what kind of press they've been picking up, what stories they've been telling. There's an awful lot you can gain then from from um, being able to set your own expectations of how um, a, an investor might react to you. We, for instance, went in to see um, a really good VC in London uh, about a month ago. Um, they were super nice as well. Um, gave us a good work over, a good workout. You know, they 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 really got dealt dug into into us as people and into our business 
Um, it turns out we weren't right for them, but really we knew that before we set, set foot in the door. Um, the thing I, I think that you have to watch out for, especially in the UK, there's an awful lot, uh, there's an awful lot more VCs that are hanging around, certainly events at the roundabout, and we're now starting to see them in Manchester as well, um, who um, aren't the senior partners at, at VCs. They're essentially um, lead generators, and they're often measured by the amount of decks that they can collect. So if you get approached at a, at a networking oh, I see what you're saying. As, a, as an early-stage startup, just don't get too excited if um, someone who's brandishing a, a VC business card asks you to send a deck um, because you'll then find yourself spending loads of time doing loads of work to try and really impress them and all you're actually doing is contributing to their funnel. Um, yes, I mean, uh, they're almost like, again, I'm thinking of uh, recruitment and uh, all those f f uh, sort of fake uh, job opportunities to basically get you onto their books. So, uh, yeah, that's a really good warning, actually, because, uh, you know, they uh, do have the power, they do have the money and uh, it can do... It could kind of like uh, be slightly misleading, I guess, if you're not speaking to a decision maker, but it's just someone who's looking to uh, get as many decks on, on their books as possible. Okay, so there's the, the last thing, John. This is a show about apps. So uh, we, you know, you are in the music scene of the world there with Manchester, and uh, I would love to know if there's one or two apps in your business or personal life on your phone that you can recommend to us. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Pull out your gosh. phone. Pull out your phone. I'm, and... I'm, you know what? I've just done that right now. Um, <laughs> I'm an absolute um, Slack addict. Um, and I don't think I could be really a more generic person in the world of well, technology. But, you okay. talked about Slack. Yeah, we, we've, <laughs> uh, we know, I guess it's been mentioned quite a few times recently, but what sort of Slack channels, uh, are you on any, any public ones that we could learn about? Um. I'm not actually, aside from one, and um, it's called MCR Tech. Um, so it's a. I don't. I don't really know how kind of public um, public Slack channels work, but um, there's lots of really nice Manchester technology people um, in that particular Slack channel. Uh, so MCR Tech dot Slack dot com. Um, I'd recommend that you check that channel out um, if yeah. you're from Manchester or the north of north of England. Um, what else do I really like? Um, Tune in radio is something I use all the time. Um, yeah, and your favourite podcast is on there, of course, the Apcar um, podcast. Oh, yeah, and so, na uh, naturally, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and if you want actually uh, um, a really good um, music podcast, as we're on the topic of music slightly, with it being Manchester and everything, do check out All Back, No Front. Uh, it's hosted by a good pal of mine called John Hilk. Park. Um, it's a really, really good new music podcast, so I'd strongly recommend that. And um, aside from that, I'm really boring. I use things like Facebook. And do you remember a social networking platform called Twitter? I don't know if anybody's on it anymore. Well, what do you mean? Like, it's uh, uh, actually in, in all the guests that I get, uh, it's always LinkedIn, Twitter, and uh, Facebook very rarely actually for business. So uh, I find, yeah. I, sorry to cut across you there, I've, I've, I find Facebook is incredibly good for business at the moment. Um, I, think, I think the group's activity has got, um, 
really, really quite exciting. Um, I'm I'm a member of um, the Manchester Startups Group on their North Northeast Startups. There's a London Startups Group. There's some entrepreneurial Facebook groups you can be on, and there's there's a huge amount of knowledge sharing that's going around. Okay, teach us, John. Teach us how to use Facebook because you're an avid Facebook user. I'm not an avid Facebook user. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, the the big challenge I have is that uh, Facebook is for friends, family. So if you've got kids, you end up posting loads of pictures of you know your kids, your days out, and you just don't want. uh, That's not kind of interesting stuff. It's not business related, Uh, and then anyone in business like. I send you a friend request. I mean, how do you deal with that? And uh, how, how do you put business-related content uh, and kind of separate your business life from your personal life on Facebook? I, I just don't know. Uh, I think when you operate in groups, um, so, so for instance, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the Manchester Startups group because that's something I'm in all the time. Um, all of that content is posted exclusively into that group. It doesn't go into your mainstream unless you're friends with people that are also in that group. So you don't get a lot of crossover there. So my mum, for instance, doesn't see me going on there winching about angel investors. Um, oh, okay. So like what you're saying then is um, like anyone who befriend, like friends you within the group, you, you perhaps will say, let's just stick to the channel, the, the group, uh, so that you're not... Uh, diluting your timeline uh, with uh, your family stuff yeah essentially i mean obviously okay. if you become friends with a business contact they go, they're going to see like those pictures you've taken on instagram of your dinner in a burger restaurant <laughs> but, um, yeah. so they'll sit they will see your personal stuff but that's your decision to make if you become an actual friend with them but certainly when you're in the groups um you know, they, they work a little bit like almost sort of old forum thinking that what goes on in the groups stays in the group and doesn't go on to your main profile so your mom can't see it ah, or your girlfriend can't see it. I, I did not know that. And uh, I've always just kind of like gone with uh, Facebook for personal, Twitter for business. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, of course it's, but it's hard because Twitter's so big and uh, everyone's shouting. And not many yeah. people are listening, so <laughs> I I mainly use Twitter for whinging. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Twitter for whinging and music recommendations. That's my um, yeah. <laughs> it is it is the classic where you've come out of a restaurant and if just someone's really annoyed you and you're like, right, that's it. I'm going to take to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, good. This has been a lot of fun, John. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, of course, all the show notes will be uh, on theappguy.co. Just go and search episode two three six two three six two with John Grant, and you'll see the apps we've mentioned and also links to how to contact you john but for the benefit of the podcast listeners who don't want to go to a website how do we contact you how do we reach out and connect with you um you can find me on twitter if you don't mind swearing um my handle is john the beef uh so that's j-o-n the beef um so yeah, find me on there. I think that's probably the, the easiest way. You've, you've probably attracted a lot of uh, followers now because we want to see your run, your rants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go and do something. John the beef. especially ranty for you right now. Yeah, that annoying host Paul of the App Guy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thanks, John. It's been so much uh, fun and uh, 
all the best with uh, the, the seed round. And I've just got this feeling that Knock It Up is going to be huge. So uh, oh, well, thank you. great stuff. Brill. Nice speaking to you and uh, catch you soon, dude. So remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com. And thanks to Gummycube for being such a great supporter of this show and now you finish listening to this episode please remember to go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy and uh, go and get a, a free demo of their platform that will help you communicate that will help you get more ratings uh, that will help you provide surveys to your users your customers go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy all over case and you will be pleased that you did thank you so much to apptentive for continuing to support this show I'm really excited about getting another launch episode for you. Over the summer, I did a number of different launches for apps and uh, they were well received. And we went through the process of launching, how high up we got up to the app charts. And uh, it was really good. Uh, A lot of people like this content. So I am working on another episode, really hoping it's going to be soon, where we actually go through a launch and dissect the strategy that we adopted and give you an idea of how it went as well. So it helps you with any potential launches or big pushes and promotions for your app. So stay tuned, hoping to have the episode out shortly. And as always, please do get in touch and comment for any feedback. Uh, It's paul at theappguy.co or Twitter, paul underscore s underscore kemp, paul underscore s underscore kemp. Thanks so much. Bye for now.